What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 274. My name is Steve, and I am here with... Ron. And John. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just as I like it to be. <laughs> All for you, Steve. There it is, guys. You made it work, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so how you guys doing, man? What's what's new? Anything new in your lives before we get to the business here, or what, what's what's life looking like right now? Life's life's life, man. It's yeah. I was. It's strange, you know. It's still working from home. It's a little strange to yeah. have your workplace be your home and your home be your workplace. And I know, John, you've been dealing with that for a while. Like you work from home. And, you know, it, it it seems like you would have had a system of detaching prior to COVID. Well, see, the thing is, when I worked from home before, though, I was the only one here most of the day. <laughs> so it honestly was like you could maintain like a home office kind of status. Right, and it right, is sure. a, still a little bit of a separation to like get up and and take a kid to school and then come back to work. It was a little bit. You know, and, and now, yeah, now we're all just bumping into each other constantly. So it's a, it's similar in the sense of there are boundaries that didn't, did you didn't have to worry about maintaining before that now you realize, oh, wow. Yeah. You need to have some kind of structure, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. So how's, how's the countdown to baby town, man? Yeah. Uh, man, you know, it's, it's getting close. I mean, it could really be any time now. I mean, it's what I'm telling you guys, like every, every free moment that we have at home is like just either moment spent kind of just being the three of us before it becomes four of us and <laughs> you know like appreciating that and then uh just getting everything ready but yeah i mean she's doing like just over two weeks and sydney was early my, my daughter was early so um like 10 days early so it really is gonna uh, be ready for that yeah yeah it could it could happen anytime i'm hoping i'm hoping it i'm hoping he holds out until after halloween uh we're hoping for that just because like we're looking forward to trying to do whatever version of it we can with sydney because she is obsessed with Halloween to the point that that was the theme of her third birthday. Oh, wow. And, like, she loves everything. Would you not want him to be a Halloween baby? Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Um, and it, it would be, like, a fun thing. Like, every year she'd get to participate in her little brother's Halloween <laughs> birthday party <laughs> on Halloween, whatever theme it might be. But, yeah, I don't know. It's getting down to the wire. We're definitely excited. Um just trying to get all our ducks in a row, man. And anybody knows me, you guys know me. Like I'm a planner, I'm a organizer, I'm just anal like that, and just trying Very to get everything. Just trying, to, yeah, right. <laughs> trying to get everything. So just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just trying to get everything ready, man. So that when we come home, it's like there's nothing stressing us out, you know, that doesn't need to be. So that's the plan. And this is like the perfect time for it to happen. Like, you know, you're coming in. When it's like, you know, I watched the press conference with Hulk Hogan and uh, <laughs> he, he he's very optimistic. And, you know, talking to people in the medical, my my the person, my uh, landlord is a doctor mm -hmm. and uh, he's he's pretty optimistic, man. He's, he's he always speaks. He's been speaking pretty positively. When I was talking to him before, I was just like, ah, nah, just grunts. <laughs> Not looking good. Now he's like, there's, there's a lot of hope, you yeah. know, so that's that's a really good sign. Yeah, so I'm no, super happy so yeah. for you, man. Keep you guys posted. You'll know. <laughs> I imagine we will. Yeah, yeah. We're about to be trying to bank some episodes to kind of cover you. So if people yeah. start noticing us talking about really old news or using slang yeah. that already seems outdated, yeah. it's because Absolutely. we're trying to we're trying to record a little bit in advance. But yeah, yeah. if we talk about like the uh, Obama administration and <laughs> yeah, somehow we're going back in time. I don't know. After that speech I saw the other night, I'd be ready for oh my God, Obama right? administration again. <laughs> yeah. Oh right? man, what a what a crazy. Did you? Okay. Last thing I want to say about the presidential stuff. Did you see the um, the unedited version of the interview? I have not that, yet. That that Trump walked out. Of? The sixty. Please interview? watch it. Yes. Something. Something. I, I, I need. I, I need to find it. I saw that it was it, released. It's like comedy. It's like real life. Like it. It feels like Borat. It feels like something's happening, like special that wouldn't happen any other place but a, a, a an insane person like him. He doesn't have any straight answers for anything. He doesn't, and he doesn't have any composure or any game. It any seems to answers. me. I mean, it's amazing that he has people that do think he's a convincer. Yeah. But like, 
to me, he seems to be the biggest like blundering. He's not like a good liar, you know? No, no. <laughs> he oh, just says, I never heard of it. I never heard of it. I never heard. No, I've never <laughs> heard of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad that everybody did. Anybody, anybody do mail-in vote yet? No, I have not. I'm gonna my um uh you know our polling station is like right down the road, so we're gonna oh cool get, so we're, we're gonna walk go. down there in person on the morning. Like if we get there early enough, there's almost never a line. But this year it might be different. I'll take it as a good sign if there is a line. Is it? Um, is it the school? It's a church. It's, oh okay. It's 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 a church school though. So maybe you've it, okay. but yeah, it's the same same church that runs. Uh, elementary i might be editing that out because why are we talking about where i live <laughs> um but yeah i was just thinking about the fact so so since we're going to be banking these episodes this is one of the last episodes we're recording right now that we can be current with any news that we mentioned does anybody yes. have any anything that's just happened or uh, that's happened in the last couple of days uh that, that you'd like to mention before we get to our featured movie quibi quibi is quibi now r.i.p r.i.p but Sad, sad story. The the experimental service that only ran on cellular phones <clears throat> and tablets is now defunct. Well, they launched at a moment when people were suddenly at home. So yes. it seemed like what whatever would have been kind of cool about this idea that it was geared towards, you know, oriented for your phone, it I, instantly people didn't need that so much. So I, I wonder if that was I mean, I'm I'm probably pointing out the obvious, but I wonder if that was actually a major factor in why they flamed out so quickly. They refused to put it on set-top boxes, smart TVs. They refused to do that. Um, and I think some of it had to do with some of the content was orient orientation-related. Um, so there was a show that I, I kind of showed you guys the trailer for, where basically you can watch the action in horizontal mode. You flip it vertical, and you can see the text messages that are being sent while the thing's going on, or the GPS map of the person that's you know, the route that they're going on. It's It was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think that Netflix or Hulu or one of those services is going to wind up taking that and using it for something. Because, you know, we have the Choose Your Adventure movies that have kind of gotten popular on Netflix. I think I think finding cool ways to reel people in. Uh, they aren't just exclusive to cell phones. I hate that it's not. It's just the cell phone for Quibi. Um, yeah. That could really benefit from it and maybe maybe one of the services will pick up their content because they did have some cool shows so you know we'll see december 1st is their end of service date they announced today damn so what, what that looks like after that like you said who's picks up what i'm i'm sure something will happen with it but yes absolutely. i don't know how that how that relays into uh you know whoever picks it up to platform it'd be interesting to see how that works the uh the piece I was gonna mention was um the announcement that uh Jared Leto will be reprising the Joker okay. in Zack Snyder's Justice League Cut of Justice League. Once again it sounds like what I said before, which is that they're basically just making a they're just they're just openly making a new thing out of this. You know, Trying this, to. this yeah. isn't yeah. This yeah. this is this is goes beyond like a, a director's cut, but that's cool because they've kind of made that clear all along. They're pump, they're pumping a lot of money into it. Certain stars are coming back. Um, there's nothing about this project that is small. So uh, uh, you know, more power to them. I, I mean, I guess I, I could see there being something cool. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm open to it. I, I'm a little skeptical that it's going to make it great. Uh, whatever they do to it, but I'm I'm you know, we've all talked about the things that we've liked about about those movies so maybe maybe this will be a cool element <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't particularly like his take on the joker oh, and i didn't either. really feel like it was particularly well used in suicide squad but um you know who knows maybe there's something some essence of that role or that performance that that we didn't get to see that would be cool to see especially if you kind of remove it from the toxic romance angle of of him being with harley quinn which yeah. i think is another reason why that character graded on people's nerves he kind of seemed like it was one of the first times that the Joker kind of seemed like, you know, not you know, like an annoying prick. Yeah, <laughs> more yeah, so than yeah. like a, an evil genius. Um, yeah, I'm willing to give him another shake in this movie, and hopefully, he's just a small portion of it. Um, I I don't know. This is starting to so there's only so there was this game called Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077. Of course, there Ke was. Keanu Reeves is going to be in it. This 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 trailer for this game came out seven years ago, and it's just coming out, right? 
that's what this feels like. I feel like I'm watching something. At first, I'm like, okay, this feels like this is coming out early 2021. It feels like it has all the elements. He just is sitting at home editing. He talked about his process. Yeah. Now it feels like it's not coming out till like February. Um, there's something else I was gonna ask you guys. Um, oh, I wanted to mention like last week we talked briefly about that like Disney restructuring. Have you read Have you read any of this like follow up stuff that's come out since then? There's been a couple like uh, calls and. Uh, one of the executives that like went on, I don't know, like an, I forget what, what radio station it was, but that basically like beyond the idea of like the priority being around Disney plus, like I, I think I got, I got a better understanding of it. And it's almost like, like Disney is trying to become, it's almost seems like they're trying to restructure to become more like what Netflix was five years ago, basically where they had all these different arms creating content without an end goal in mind. Like it, with Netflix, it was, you know, their a, their a platform. That was it. Just that platform. But the idea was that like, you know, the, the, the creators, the producers, they were not really um, like they weren't directly involved in like what the distribution part of it looked like, you know, where it was going. And the idea that Disney basically is saying in a nutshell is that like, you know, these arms, like the features type things like the like the like the A team type of uh, properties, like the tent poles, like the, the Aladdin's, the Lion King twos, the Marvel's, all that stuff. You know, there's still there's a there's a executive that answers to that. And that's really only for production. You know, that's really only for creating the content. Right. And uh, the TV people, you know, the Disney, Plus, you know, like the, 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 the second level type thing where. It could be a TV show going to Disney Plus. You know, it could be a TV show going to Freeform, to the Disney Channel, to whatever other you know streaming that they have. And then you know, another arm is like the e the sports arm, like the the ESPN stuff. And basically, what they're doing is they're creating, they're producing content, and there is a separate entity that is solely, basically responsible for deciding where the properties come out. So mm. it could it could be anything like they they, they they could be brought something that is, you know, a Marvel thing, you know, that a Marvel film, for example. And the idea is that when that used to go into production, they would say that's coming out in theaters on December 31st, 2021 or whatever it might be. Right. Well, they're saying now or what, what it seems like they're saying, unless they pivot away from this, is that like when that goes into production, there's not immediately and and there may be outliers of this, but there's not immediately a like an uh, in concrete decision on where this product is being released. That basically they will take the output. This group, this new group, I forget what they they named this new division, but it is headed by someone who has no experience in film, television production, and they are experienced in like merchandising and um, consumer marketing and like cons like direct to consumer type of like. Um, I don't know, not not profit, but like uh, like income or like trying to like merchandise stuff, and they will decide where this stuff comes out. So I thought that was a really like interesting distinction because I didn't really get that initially from what I was watching. It just seemed that a lot of it was focused around Disney Plus being like a prime primary like focus for Disney, mm. and it still is for sure. So like what we talked about last week is still accurate, but it, right. it's interesting to think about that everything that's being created is, is basically at the top of this funnel and it's coming down to a group who as of now they're saying is going to decide where the content comes out and how it's global content distribution and commercialization which was what oh. I was trying to think of not Jesus not merchandising Christ. commercialization so yeah you have the three different groups you know who basically are responsible for you know their respective areas but you know whatever's coming whatever's coming out or how it's coming out allegedly um you know is kind of coming down from studio general entertainment and like the sports division and then this new global distribution and commercialization group will decide how disney puts it out so that's really cool i feel like there would be exceptions to that you know i, I can't imagine that they'd be talking about like some of these mcu movies in terms right. of budget, in terms of budgeting, even like you know, I'm sure right. there's going to be some sort of synergy happening with, or you freeform? know, freeform this cross, Send right? Like, like cross talk, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
that you know that certain things nuts. that would never show up on yeah freeform you know yeah. for example so on the rocks the latest uh, sofia coppola movie starring rashida jones and and bill murray and marlon wayans and the basic log line is rashida jones thinks that marlon wayans her husband might be cheating on her and she's sort of enabled and encouraged in this idea by her her ne'er-do-well dad bill murray and they it kind of it's kind of a caper but kind of not they don't quite it doesn't quite achieve caper status but you know they through a through a few uh, misadventures they discover the truth uh, of the matter what did you guys think of on the rocks um i thought it was such a touching fun movie man um the dynamic with rashida jones and bill murray was just i i i you know, I don't I don't know how many people have dads that are kind of like over the top human beings. My dad was one of those guys. Like he was one of those people like put him in a room. He knows three people in the room. He knows their names. Uh, you know, just that kind of person. Um, you know, that person's going to cook a mistake next week. It's just that that kind of dynamic and taking them to places was all, all, always a thing. Um, seeing that dynamic work on screen in a way that just feels so believable. Um, that's, I just, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. That's the first thing I'll say. So what about yeah, you I liked guys? It. I liked it too. I, I feel like it, it felt like it was missing something. I don't know if it was more with the, the father daughter relationship. Um, like I feel like, I wanted maybe something felt like a little lacking there, uh, or maybe it was with the the husband wife dynamic, like with Marlon Wayans and Rashida Jones's like family life. Um, yeah. But I feel like you know certain a certain way t through the film, I, I kind of feel like it kind of feels like it, it's going to go a certain way. Like you can kind of sense that the movie's going in a direction that it that it ultimately sort of does. Um, and I think that really is only because you don't really get enough of you don't really get enough of like the story of why she's feeling the way she does. Like you see like a, a scene or two where she's starting to feel a certain way about, you know, their relationship or about things that he's doing or not doing. Um, and though the balance of these two like relationships that she has with these two men in her life, um, I just don't think that like we got enough of her, of her in those relationships beyond conversations with these men. Um, but I mean, again, I, I agree. Like, I think it's a sweet story. Like, I really did like them together on screen. I thought this is one of the better Bill Murray things I've seen in a while. Like, I think I, I love Bill Murray. Like, he's great. Um, but just his his uh, enthusiasm for the you know this character and like it kind of you you got a little more of a of a feeling from him in this movie that I don't feel like I've seen in many of his recent performances. But um, I don't know. Overall, I did really like the movie. I just felt like there was something something missing for me in terms of more time uh being able to understand uh like the relationships with these two key men in her life that that ultimately are like up against one another in a way you know in, yeah. in the dynamic in terms of what she believes or doesn't believe is happening in her life so um yeah I, yeah it was good John, what do you think? I think I may have liked it less than you guys did. I, 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 I mean, I would go beyond to saying that there was something kind of missing. To me, it felt like I actively wondered why this was a movie. Like the story <laughs> didn't feel, it didn't feel motivated. It felt like it was so motivated by a character who was just kind of in a malaise. Right. That I, it reminded me of a certain kind of indie movie that I feel like I've, I've seen my fair share of. When you have a character who's sort of like. I'm not feeling it today. And that becomes the whole movie in a sense. Right. You know, to me, that was mm -hmm. a little bit tiresome. I, I agree. I think the thing that kept me going was how sort of lived in and believable the 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 father daughter relationship was. But yeah. I didn't feel like I was seeing a particular pivotal moment in their relationship. Yeah. It didn't seem like they were particularly estranged. It didn't seem like they particularly came to terms with anything. Nothing with the, the I mean, there's hints of that. And I do think the, the Sofia Coppola, she clearly likes to make these movies that kind of follow up, you know, follow people over a, a night or a couple nights or, the, you know, scenes cascade into the next in yeah. a, in, like life and less like a, a pre-planned movie. And I, I respect that a lot. And I think she, the craft 
uh, her ability to put together a nice looking movie is is definitely on display here. There's nothing wrong with the craft of this movie. I just honestly, I think just on the story level, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit zanier or funnier of a caper or a little bit more dramatic of a family thing or a little more something. And it, it was a movie that, that had things on its mind, but it didn't have enough of a story to propel it. But I watched it and every time I would start to get like, oh boy, this movie, what's it about? There would be one of those moments that felt kind of real. And again, what you said, Ronald, about the type of guy that Bill Murray's playing. Yeah. He is uh, a recognizable person. Um, this guy who's just a little bit larger than life. And, and you know, in some ways it's cool that the movie didn't have him have some kind of comeuppance or lesson or epiphany or whatever. But I think I did want to want something more, something more of a, uh, to propel me through this other than just the fact that I'm really interested in everything, if you, just on paper. Sofia Coppola directing Rashida Jones and Bill Murray and Marlon Wayans. I mean, that's like, okay, yes, I'm definitely here. I'm going to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, all the performers are good. Like, there's some very naturalistic moments. One of my favorite moments is one of the few moments where uh, Bill Murray and Marlon Wayans really kind of face off to each other. It's this moment where Bill Murray's leaving and Marlon Wayans is arriving home and they just kind of square off in this strange way. And I thought it was great. Like, I was like, wow, these two guys, what, you know, they have a real, that's almost an untapped aspect of the movie, though. You yeah. don't get a whole lot of them yeah. interacting. If this is like a, a bookend to Lost in Translation, I think it's less eventful and somehow less, less like emotionally weighty than that movie, but it had similar, a, a similar vibe to it. And it's kind of a hangout movie. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it definitely is something that kind of does coast on, some of the charisma of, of some of the performances, specifically Bill Murray's. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely know what you're saying. And I, I think it's a part of what I'm, I'm seeing or uh, what I'm trying to get at. Like, you know, I, I don't know that I, yeah, I think I probably liked it a little more from what it sounds like, but it, that lacking piece for me is probably maybe the motivation for the story, like you're saying, but I don't know. It's just like something, something was just, Something was just missing for me, and maybe maybe I can't really put my finger on it. But there was something about the under explanation, the lack of explanation for Marlon Wayne's his busyness. Like I get that he was also. I kind of wish there was some in between of like him maybe saying something at the course of their relationship that kind of implied that he was. His explanation was great. I really yeah. did like yeah. the explanation. Yeah. But I wish there were some hints in between. Maybe maybe even the conversation when when uh Marlon Wayne's character and Bill Murray meet out in the um like right outside their apartment. I wish they kind of would have had an aside that kind of felt like he's just like, you know, trying to do the best that I can or something. Well, I mean, maybe if they had had a couple more moments together, that that you would yes. have gotten that that yeah, that confrontation. Something. And I think the movie was. And again, in some ways, I like it when a movie avoids the easy confrontational scenes that you expect from something like this. So again, I'm I'm giving it props for something that didn't quite work for me in a lot of ways because I like I like that Sofia Coppola style of just kind of, you know, like I think she gets a, a hard time from people, you know, and when I think she's actually a really talented uh, filmmaker, but. Um, no, there's some, yeah, I think that is part of what it is. I just wanted a little bit more of that, that whatever sparks you get uh, when characters bounce off of each other. Um, and I also, yeah, I do want to say, too, there's another aspect. She's a writer. I, I, I never got a sense of what she was writing or what yeah, we're supposed it, to think yeah. about her writing. And maybe that's the point. But when, it, you know, when she at the end, he's like, how's the writing going? And she says, I got to page 64. <laughs> I don't know why that bothered me so much. It was like, what, what the fuck does that mean to me? Like, if, you know, she's been saying all along, I can't get past page 63 on anything. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. You can only really find that in like porn in really bad movies where somebody's like a lawyer and they're like so how was your day and you're like you know so many files so many files so many cases so many cases it's like i tried 13 cases today <laughs> yes <laughs> so, oh, all right wow it's very nice i knew you could do it <laughs> but i mean it's it's super watchable in that sense yeah, it's just i think i expected it to be a little bit more uh, comedic or something, but I, I, whatever. I, I think Steve, you were the one that said that it was a good, relaxed performance from Bill Murray too, and it's, it was, he's kind of aging into this different guy too. Like his yeah. voice is a little deeper and huskier. And, yeah. Um, I think that was something I had to kind of acclimate myself to. But I think he's playing kind of a, I'm a kinder, gentler version of the sort of cad he used to play. Yeah. And I, that was another thing I think was was 
uh, well calibrated. I, I liked. I, like, I guess it's something he brings to Sofia Coppola, like he's open to it, but it felt like a a, a believable character. Yeah, and Ronald, you're those guys who just kind of, if you're hanging out with them, you're part of their vibe. And it doesn't yeah, matter if yeah, you're their it's... son or if you're the 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 bus boy. You know, it's yeah. like you're you're on the same you're on the same ride. And and it really it really comes across really naturally. One of the scenes that really stood out to me was the, the when he got pulled over. Yeah, same. That scene to me was like. I, you know, I've been in places where people have done stuff like that. And it, you're like, how do we get here? What is happening? Sure. You know, it's like, you know, but it was, you know, I, overall, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, man. That was On the Rocks. If you're listening, you can get your scorecards. On Apple TV Plus. <laughs> On Apple TV Plus. That's another yeah, thing. Yeah. If you have the service already, yeah, it's yeah, free. Yeah. Yeah, it's a movie go. that would have come out in the theater. No, that too, watch that, it that's cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, before we wrap it up, what else has anyone watched? <clears throat> oh God! So well, I got, a, I got a list. I got All a list. Things. Yeah. Uh, I noticed, Steve, you had watched uh, Love and Monsters, which I'm curious about. Did you watch oh, that, Ronald? Yes. Would okay. You guys tell me about that because it sounds cool, but I don't Steve. know. Is it something? Is it something I would enjoy? Is it something my family would enjoy? I, I, I don't know. Maybe we're on the wrong page about this, Ronald. But I love that movie. No, no, Steve. It was fucking amazing. So, like, it 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 makes sense to me. Like I mentioned it last time. I I called it Monster Love, but about you know how Paramount was dumping all these titles, but like this was one of yeah. them that they held on to, and kind of put out through video on demand last week, and and it did really well actually. Like the charts that we've mentioned before on this podcast, like it's at the top of all the charts, and maybe that's why they kind of thought they had something, but. I kind of like didn't know much. I, I know I like Dylan O'Brien in general, and like I was like, I'll mm -hmm. check it out. Just passively watched it, and like it literally checks so many boxes for me. Like it's just such a, it's such a fun adventure, post-apocalyptic, lots of cool creature designs. Some of the creature effects are great in it, and um, but the key is is that there's just so much heart in this movie. Like I love yeah. how much emotion is in it, and in this world where. Life is upended and people are living a different way among mutated creatures that used to be our pets. Like, you know, as, as one of these kinds of creatures they talk about in the movie quite often, like to show that level of emotion still existing. And the real motivation for the whole story is that this guy is going across this landscape to find, you know, his love that they were separate. They they were separated when this, this disaster happens. And that's the whole, that's the narrative. That's the story. But, you know, so there's it motivation. Really yeah, there's motivation. That, that's kind of what jumps us. But the character is so likable. He's so, like, he's so positive. And, uh, like, he doubts himself, but he's very positive about, like, his, his motivations. And, you know, the, 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 this hero journey that he kind of goes on sort of through the movie and kind of people he comes across. We've seen it before. We've seen it, you know, it's got like a zombie land kind of feel to it. That's exactly what of, I was going to say. Yeah, a lot of people comparing it to zo zombie land, but, like... It's got other, you know, it's got like that fun kind of creature, almost like B movie kind of vibe to it. But um, I, dude, I was so surprised by this movie. I, I genuinely loved the film. Like Aaron watched it with me. She loved it. It's just, it's so, it's such a fun kind of cool genre, you know, flick just to watch. And it's like, you know, it's out every video on demand platform. Yeah. So I, I would highly yeah. recommend. I'm glad you liked it, Ronald. It's one of those. It's one of those movies. So. We've been getting a lot of these theater at home movies, these PVOD yeah. movies, and I've been watching quite a few of them. And this is one of the few that feels like a, you're stealing a movie. Yeah, it did. It feels you're like right. if it feels like somebody's somebody gave you a rip that leaked on the internet, and you're watching, you know, a movie that something you come shouldn't be it. seeing yet. Right? It, right? it looks gorgeous. I saw. I watched it in 4K. It's a gorgeous movie. I mean, and even it doesn't matter what quality you watch it in. It's a sharp movie it looks it looks great and you're right a lot of heart i would suggest it to anybody i'd pay full price for it it's it's and didn't didn't I, you I, like do you get a vibe like that if, if this was something that they could have put in theaters or maybe they're still optimistic with it coming out on video on demand like doesn't this feel like a franchise starter yeah this is gonna hit i mean the the, the good part about it is like uh so right right now it's like 20 um if it drops down to like 15 it's going to shoot up on the itunes um charts it's it's going to go right up give it give it like if it's 10 it's going to be number one for a couple of weeks 
But right. I say the 15 is a sweet spot. Well, the word of mouth has been great. I mean, including yeah. including what I saw you saying, Steve. So, uh, you know, if I'd had time, I probably would have watched it for this. But it's it's. Uh, I just. I think you'll today. love it. I think you'll love it, John. Yeah. And I and it's, it's like the kind of thing really that I feel. Imaginative I, and cool. I feel comfortable like recommending to any like even if you don't love like. It's not horror, but if you don't love like the creature feature kind of stuff or whatever, post-apocalyptic stuff, like there's a lot of comedy in it. There's just a lot of like sweet, you know, it kind of feels like an Amblin movie, you know, in a way. Like yeah. it's got, it's got that like little, it's got that touch to it. Um, I don't, I don't know if it actually is. It may, it may be, I don't know. They may be, <laughs> have a hand in it. That'd be funny if they did, but um, it's got that vibe, but, um, and like I looked it up and it, like the budget for the movie was like under thirty million, which blows my mind. Like, because it, because it, like you said, Ronald, it does look really good. Like the special effects are pretty good, and I mean, you know, the, most of the movie you're kind of going along with a character, so you know that you don't have like a huge ensemble on screen at all times. But yeah, that of of all the stuff I've seen this week, you know, I, I've seen some other stuff that I really like too, but. That's been the surprise. That might be like the surprise of so far of this year for me, like in terms of not knowing a lot about it and just knowing that it was like the one that Paramount did not sell off to like Netflix or, or Amazon or whoever, um, or, you know, they, they put it out on their own. I think it's because they didn't spend a lot on it. And I think they know that it's a good movie and that people, people will find it. And I hope they do. Cause it was great. Cool. I'm glad to have that to look forward to. <clears throat> Uh, what else? We've been rewatching Hannibal. We just we just finished season one and are co- you know coasting into season two, and it's right on the edge of like Henry, who can watch some gory horror stuff, but there's some gory stuff. Yeah, dude. I, I'm con- I, I rem- I'm just remembering how how I'm I'm kind of remembering two things. One, how how much I was frequently surprised by what they were able to get on network television on that oh, yeah. show, and and uh, two. Um, how good Lawrence Fishburne is as Jack Crawford on that show. I mean, he's one of those guys who yeah. is always good, but sometimes he seems more or less engaged. But he's he's really doing something really sophisticated and dark on that show. I mean, it's kind of more obvious. Hugh Dancy and, and Mads Mikkelsen are obvious standouts. But, uh, you know, that's right. a great Lawrence Fishburne performance uh, with a real physicality to it. Um as it goes along. So yeah, no, that's been a real fun rewatch. And it feels it like it holds up in a way that's just, it's just really well-made and, and so unique that it has not, has not been matched by anything in the intervening years. You know, I've been, so. I've been seeing a lot of people like post it's, I don't know if it was actually trending the other day, but um, I, a lot of people posting about Hannibal and Mads versus like Anthony Hopkins performances as Hannibal Lecter. Cause Anthony Hopkins has that, like Oscar movie coming out, uh, is it called The Father or something like that, with um with uh, Olivia Coleman? Um, but apparently like he's got like he's like great in it. But I think people talking about him and talking about Hannibal, there's been all this stuff on Twitter. I've been seeing a bunch of people I follow chime in on their like with their less than greater than signs uh, yeah. with their with their vote for the 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 greater Hannibal. But it's been funny seeing that mm. pop up in the conversation about this film, the father about like an, you know, a woman's father, like basically dealing with, I think with Alzheimer's or dementia. And then like in the comments, you're like, you see people talking about Hannibal Lecter, you know, immediately <laughs> it just comes up. Uh, not the, not the clearest connection to content, but talk about well, Hannibal. Know, I don't, sure. I, 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 I yeah, I, I think it's the, the conversation is open. I mean, I, yeah. I would say that, you know, obviously Anthony Hopkins is the guy who made that character iconic, obviously. Yeah, so sure. that's kind of the beginning and the end of that question right there. But if you watched Hannibal and were into it, what Mads Mikkelsen does is so different and yet cut from the same cloth of just like this. I know he's just, he's a funny character. I, I think that he's, you know, Mads Mikkelsen's take is, is, is funnier. Is yeah. Mo- oh, yeah. much more that that show is is campy in a strange way that is is hard to pin down because it's so melodramatic. But yeah. they're so knowing about the way the the characters are all just sort of tweaked and larger than life, and some of the things they say to each other, like when Hannibal's like, "Tell me, Will," you know, and he's just like, he's like, it's just such purple prose. And yeah, there's so, again, I just don't think there's ever been anything else quite like it. So. Um, and I also like that it's kind of a full-on horror show. I mean, it kind of m- is masquerading as a as a police procedural, but it it's not. That, yeah, it's not that at all. It's good stuff. I also finished watching The Vow. I don't know if anybody else finished that. Does anybody have any 
any parting thoughts? I, I, I guess there's going to be a second season of this thing coming. It doesn't quite seem to me like enough of a story to, to, to draw out to, even to the nine episodes that I watched. But I was definitely hooked by it. I, you know, once we got into it, we watched just one right after the other. Um, but, you know, it does feel like it takes a long time to get to the truly heinous stuff that is the reason why this is a real case you know like right there's a certain point where it's just kind of it seems like it's just a guy separating fools from their money and then about five episodes in it really kicks into the 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 truly abusive behavior um and i don't know i mean i found the guy loathsome especially when you find out what was actually going on in those seminars that he was giving um yeah but when it got to the end and it was kind of like a, a a you know baiting the hook for for what the next season's going to be. I, I, that always bums me out when I can't tell. I just saw the last episode. Have you ever done that where you're binging a show and then you get to the, and you think there's another one coming and then you're like, wait, that was it. That was it for the season. Okay. So I don't know. Did you feel satisfied? Did you feel like it was a story well told over the, the nine plus hours that they took? I haven't, I haven't finished it myself. So, I mean, and you guys can discuss it however you want. I, it's no spoilers. I, I mean, I know I, the story, but I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. You know, like, I, I really like the series a lot, and I like. No, it's really well made. It's, I'm kind of in the camp of like, I'll watch more of it. Just keep putting it out. Like, I, yeah. I want to know more <laughs> about it. Like, I get, I get the criticism, and I, it's, it's found. I, it's, I, I can totally it's al- align with you. It feels bloated, but it's so, yeah, it's so out there. It's, interesting. it's so interesting that like, just, just yeah. let me hear more people talk about how crazy this is. Like. You know, yes. show me more. It's kind exactly. of where I'm at. Well, you know the way Tiger King, the season ended, though, with the feeling that, like, there's a character saying, well, now I'll tell you the real right. story. That's kind of the way yeah. this season ends in a very similar way, at a very similar right. point. It also right. reminds me of, like, yeah. making, a, is it making a Murder. Is that the Netflix show that's had a couple seasons? Yeah. You know the way those seasons always end with a kind of do, to-be-continued feeling rather than yeah. a conclusive feeling? Um, yeah. Maybe I just – maybe I just – tired of that <laughs> yeah but yeah. but if there's a, if granted if there's you know if there's a lot more to this and a lot more to be told i'll probably get hooked in just like i was hooked into this but yeah some crazy characters uh and uh god what a creep like steve maybe you're not yet to the point where you really see the full spectrum of of, of like what he's doing in the like you know right. that that I feel like if they had peppered that in towards the beginning, I would have been much more interested as it as it went along. But right. yeah, the, there's characters that you you kind of learn to lo- love or hate <laughs> as this show rolls along. So I do think that's a strength of the what we're talking about with the the production value and the just the way it's put together as a documentary. It's another one of these where this footage seems to come from so many different sources, but it's all really high quality footage. Like some of it's made yeah. by officially by the organization, and some of it's shot by the documentarians. But it, you know, all together, it's a really, it's a really attractive show. Well, fresh off of that, um, stars dropped seduced. Oh, that's right. The uh, the the next one. What, what's the, the angle? Inside... What's the angle? Who's telling this story? What? How, how do we need another one? India, the girl that got the girl that got out of that got out of the cult, the one that the mom is chasing in the vow. It's her. It's literally her talking the whole time. Oh, wow. Is that compelling? So, so the vow, okay, so. It's not a visual medium, Ronald. (laughs) Everyone out there listening, we just saw some expressions and some more more emoting I've ever seen from Ronald. (laughs) I have issues with the vow. One of them is it feels too, it feels too close. Mark feels too close to it sometimes right, right like, like he can't really separate himself from it yes yes now what what's different about the perspective of um india is she was in it deeper than any of the other people that are covering it i mean sure mark was uh a documentarian but she was in that inner circle and there's like there's tapes of allison what, what now i'm confusing the two shows which one expressed when Bonnie, when Bonnie, when Allison was very, very jealous of Bonnie? That was in the vow, but it might be in the other okay. show as well. Because it seems like that was like a network of friends that was sort of very clicky. Yes. That, yes. Uh, you know, which was the most upsetting thing about it. And that's always been the thing about Scientology too. Just the way these people, they're your friends, they're your family, but then the second you step yeah. outside of the bounds, they they turn on you, you know, and they plot against you. That's 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 pretty creepy. The, the the level of access that they have in both of those are really interesting, but it's it's different stuff in and seduced, and you'll see that too. Like 
it, it, I thought that there was a lot of access in the vow, and then they're like, they take it a step further because she was in, you know, she she had the access that she had. So that's going to be interesting. I don't I don't know what's going to come out of it. It feels a little dirty that they're piggyback, piggybacking off of the momentum of the vow, mm-hmm. mostly because the vow had what was it not nine episodes, right. and then right at right at the eighth episode, they're like, guess what we got over here, is stars. <laughs> we have the we have the woman the woman that you haven't seen in that documentary. Yeah. She's talking. The woman who won't talk to these people is doing yes, her own thing. Yes, it is. Because she's, got that, little she's strange, got that stars man. deal. Yeah, she has that stars deal. You know who I came out liking, um, and I'm surprised to even have an opinion on this guy, but what was his name? Nippy? Was that the name <laughs> of the guy? If Nick, if Nippy ever catches Keith out in the street, he's going to beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it very clear several times. He's just like, oh. <laughs> I didn't like, last thing, and I'll leave it alone. I hate that they buried the lead. Of of how things came about, they waited until like the sixth episode before they kind of really made clear how the mom and and daughter got into the situation because right. they kind of p- tiptoed around it for hours, hours of of this show. They didn't say because it felt like she was just like, oh, I can't believe my daughter has gotten into this situation, but. No, you went there. When you yeah, when you see that, right? Yeah, no, I'm, you're right, Ronald. That that felt like a reveal. That really felt like a reveal. That was uh, why would they do that? Why would they wait so long to take? That's like something I would. I don't know. Anyway, but it's that whole thing we've talked about it, Steve. The doling out of information somewhere in yeah. the middle of of these shows, you always feel a little bit of that, of that sense that like okay, there's something coming in the last couple episodes that they're 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 holding back. And again, it feels a little disingenuous, but I don't blame them for constructing their their narratives. It's just. It's all about whether you think that you invested the right amount of time. And I do think it was an interesting story. And I, I you know, I eagerly watched it. So I can't, I can't knock it too much for being kind of bloated. <clears throat> yeah. Did everybody finish uh, Lovecraft Country? Yeah. Yes. What'd you think of the way that season wrapped up? I, man, I was sad. <laughs> I was super sad. Oh, because of a couple I, uh, consequences yeah, that occur? Yeah. yeah. And, and the idea that like, you know. I, I I think it was an achievement, you know. I I whatever 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 however people feel about this show, between this and Watchmen, I feel like there's so much content that feels like it's so specific to now. I'm not I don't mean like aspects of like racism being expressed. I mean literally just creatives being in these space spaces, actors and actresses that you wouldn't normally see. Sure. Chances that people are given that just doesn't feel uh, like it'd be it, like it happened before now. Right. Um, and Lovecraft just all around, like, I, you know, there was some there was some muddiness to, to the story. But overall, I thought it was a I thought it was a fun ride. It lost me at times. It won me at times. But overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think I would agree with what you said almost entirely, Ronald. Like. I think that the, the the heights were so fresh and so interesting, and for, you know, occasionally visually there'd be something so new or something that I hadn't seen produced in this way, or I, you know, just an angle on things that you hadn't seen. And some of that has to do with the HBO treatment of these these genre ideas. Some of it has to do with what we might call the kind of social or racial element of the story. That there were so many things that felt unique and like firsts of a sort. And then there were those little muddy story things or, or too much exposition in some scenes or, yeah. or you know, weird herky-jerky pacing. And I think we talked about this the last time we checked in about it, that certain episodes that felt really important and then others that felt less so. And I would say ultimately one of my complaints would just be character arcs that feel a little bit forced or wedged in without really paying off certain things. And maybe they will follow up on certain things that certain characters did. Like Montrose, I think, still has a couple things he did that have not been yeah. really answered for. Um, and even even Tick has a few things, but who knows if that's going to be relevant going forward. But I know I think it's an interesting idea and I would love to see that season two might be when they really nail the tone that I don't think they they quite had a handle on throughout a season. But from an episode to episode, scene to scene basis, I was I was consistently surprised uh, by where this show went. And it has a lot to do with what you just said, Ronald. It's just something something different, something new. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to tune in to see um, what they do with that second season, because that's when a lot of shows find their footing when they, you know, they know what worked, they know what didn't. Um, and all plus the world is established. There's a lot of world building that had to happen. Um, even if this story feels like it kind of ran itself out, like I wonder what they'll introduce as a threat next year. 
It has been picked up for a season two. I'm not just imagining that, right? It's already it's already slated for one, or is it still a mystery? So, I haven't seen. Okay, anything maybe yet. I'm just imagining. Um, um, but, it looked expensive, so I hope they got the numbers they needed. I hope so too, man. I, 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 but I've seen them talking about a second season, but I don't know if it. It's been in like interviews and stuff, but I don't know if I've actually seen them announce it yet. But I would, I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't, because I know like as the series ended, the ratings were like higher at the end of the season, so that's always good. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I basically agree with everything you guys said. Like I was a little cold on it, kind of going through the middle of the season, with the exception of. Um, the episode like, uh, what was uh, what's the girl's name that tick uh, that she was like the spirit Gia Gia yeah I really loved that episode but like in the middle of the season it kind of lost me a little bit but then it kind of got me back towards the end once I kind of had a better idea of where the story was going but like yeah some of those character arcs kind of felt abandoned to me um but yeah you're you're absolutely right like it's a great achievement and like just the the scope uh, of the show and like how big of a swing it is i think just is is something that you know is really good to see especially on you know a cable television network like hbo or hbo max whatever you watched it on but um yeah i'd be curious to watch a season two i definitely liked it i didn't love it um but i, I would be curious like you said john if if a second season is really where they do get to kind of like nail that balance of of how big this world is and kind of where they want to set set that tone and like smooth out some of those sort of hokey elements you know yeah, a little more consistent from episode to episode you know like some of the stuff with like ruby i was really like liking some of the stuff they were going with her character i felt like that was a character that kind of didn't get uh yeah didn't kind of get a real even gia yeah, like the, the 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 ending to that arc uh didn't really i mean it comes around i guess the, the circle is there but it kind of felt a little abrupt to me. But when you when you have when you have that picture of like who's left standing right. and what story do they have that they can tell, there's a pretty interesting group of characters that have been affected, some of them dramatically by the events of this story. So I think that that can be a cool, again, it's a cool place to start a season two to sort of pick up with these people and see, you know, see what happens now. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap up? Anybody have something that's just burning up their brain that they've seen? I we I mean you want to do like a lightning round, Steve. Sure. You said you saw a bunch of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you guys just go back and forth? I'll just sit here and listen in awe. I finally, I, I, I watched Totally Under Control. I thought that was great. Um. But yeah, super infuriating, and I did not know I was going to get <laughs> that mad last night when I watched it. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Really. I think a really impressive feat in terms of getting that documentary made and released in time for the election, which is what Alex Gibney has been kind of saying and promoting all along, you know, Neon kind of going along for that ride and let, letting this film get made and produced and distributed in time was it's pretty impressive. And, you know, the lengths that they went to to ensure that anybody participating in it was comfortable and like the way they shot it with these like, you know, cr like newly created rigs to kind of be able to film people in their homes or have them come to these Airbnbs that they rent it to do these interviews. Um, just, yeah, really impressive stuff. And some of the stuff is just, some of the interviews is just, yeah, just, I don't even know. Infuriating is not the right, I don't know if that's the right word. It's just like, it is. I don't know how many times, it goes beyond that. Yeah, it's like, um, how many times during the watching that, I just like, like kind of, huffed and puffed and you know hit my hand on the couch because i'm so pissed you know just like those right. physical, exer physical exertions of my frustration but um but all in all just a really i think a really great documentary and you know i think it comes out we mentioned last week it was on video on demand and i think it's coming out on hulu this week so you should be able to watch it if you haven't had a chance to definitely recommended it and you know how this podcast falls in terms of our our politics um but uh <laughs> I'd recommend checking it out if you're uh, interested in science and facts and, you know, things like that um, in terms of how it deals with coronavirus and how the United States government dealt with it. But so, yeah, I really like that a lot. Like it's it, I love his filmmaking and I thought it was great. So what, what what's something that you saw, Ronald? Um, so I saw Kajillionaire, uh, Amanda July's movie. Uh <laughs> I don't, to 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 get into her movies is to kind of understand that you you were about to watch a crazy piece of art. Um, you know, me and me and you and everyone we know is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, John Hawks is so good in that. He's so good. He's so good in that movie. I, 
he that's the first movie that I really started to notice how good he was and stuff. Um, very subtle, the you know his performance in that. Uh, but Rachel Evan Wood and Gina Gonzalez, uh, Rodriguez, sorry, um, have really good chemistry on on screen. And uh, Richard Jenkins, love him. And yeah, he's he's so good. And um, I think I think he's Deborah Winger. Is that is that who his wife is? I think his wife is played by Deborah. Yeah, Deborah Winger. Um, as uh, the characters, um, <laughs> Odolo, Odolo, uh, Rachel Evan Wood's voice, who kind of has a voice like this. <laughs> um, they're they're just petty thieves. And they will do and say anything to get money. And it's, it's ridiculous to watch their schemes. And when they run into Gina Rodriguez, it's just kind of a lot of chemistry. I wonder why they why she was in that movie at first. Just because I've seen her in other stuff. And it just seems like tonally, she I, I just wasn't sure. It works somehow. Um, it's a fun movie with a lot of heart. But it also is strange as fuck. You know, Miranda July's movies are like yeah. that. But overall, I thought it was good. Um, not as not as good as me, me and you and everyone we know. Um, in the future, that's that's another one that I really liked. Where a cat, a cat coming into this this family's lives just ruins their relationship because <laughs> it kind of represents responsibility. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I suggest it to anybody that's open to a crazy movie. Um, so that um, did you see Broken Hearts Gallery? No, not I. Oh. Oh man, I liked it. Good. I thought that I wouldn't like it. It had a lot of things that shouldn't have worked for me. Like I don't, I don't like, I don't like a lot of rom coms, mostly because they just don't have the quality that I, I, I feel like they used to. It's like a, it feels very like the comedy genre is not quite quite shown the love. You know, Steve, you you've kind of have a couple of conversations about you know just comedies in general not getting the love that they should now. Yeah. And this this has a thing, man. Like it's, it has something going for itself. It has a lot of heart, um, and the chemistry between the characters is just really, really worth checking out. Especially if you don't want something too heavy. You know, it gets you know it gets a little. You get into heartbreak and heartache and you know relationships, but it, it's it doesn't get too deep. Right, right. And it's worth checking out. So, I saw that. Uh, Friends giving an indie movie with a bunch of comics in it. It's pretty good. Um, t- what TV would you watch? I didn't really watch much TV, man. I watched a bunch of movies. Like I was gonna name off a couple. I saw um, a couple, yeah, couple Netflix movies. movies. Dick Johnson is dead documentary. Really good. I'd recommend that. Um, about a filmmaker basically following her dad around. He's kind of getting to the point in his life where he's preparing to leave this life. And she's kind of like following him and documenting, you know, his his coming to terms with that, her coming to terms with that, his family, you know, just like basically this is social experiment of like addressing it really early before it happens and seeing how um, how people handle that. And um, it was really good. The documentary Netflix, also Netflix, um, Vampires vs. the Bronx. I'd recommend that too. That, so good. That's kind of like a attack the block type movie. Um about vampires yes. invading the Bronx, and uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I'd recommend that. A um, couple movies on VOD: uh, the opening act and Spontaneous. Um, what did you think about the opening act? I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked it. I didn't love it, I but it was okay. I, I would I'd check it out. Just like, really interesting, fun cast, and I kind of you know I like Jimmy O Yang, and I, I like kind of seeing him as a lead in something, and. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny, though. I thought it was interesting. Um, and I like, you know, most of the Bill Burr, Ken Jeong, Neil Brennan. Just a really kind of fun, just you you would relate, you know, you know this movie. Like, this is like the thing you love to do. And yeah. like, you know, that yeah. world is not foreign to you. So it is to me, though. So watching that and how that works was interesting. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend checking out Spontaneous, though. That's kind of an odd one. It's kind of like a... Um, I guess it's kind of sort of like a rom-com, sort of, but it's basically around the idea that these like high school students just spontaneously started bursting, like exploding uh, out of nowhere. And it's kind of got this horror element to it. Not really, but a little bit. And it's really just about 
these high school students, you know, and the way the government and their families deal with this like occurrence that no one has an explanation for. And they literally are like popping like like bubbles. Like they're just it's it's pretty cool, like the splatter stuff and how that's all done. But I thought it was really cool. Um, I'd recommend that as well. That's on VOD. And then I had one I was going to recommend on Apple. Oh, yeah. I finally got around to watching the Bryce Dallas Howard documentary called Dads. Um, obviously, oh, like man. talking at the beginning of this do- this episode about uh, about to become a father again. Um, I was like, I, I, I've been wanting to watch this. I'm going to just go ahead and do it. And uh, I thought it was great and just like very emotional, like very hard to watch on the cusp of being a father again and just kind of like hit all these little buttons for me to like remind me of how important it is for me to be the best version of a dad to my kids and um, the people that they interview, the celebrities, the non-celebrities, their stories. It's just a really sweet, easy watch and um, just, I don't know, just like a good inspiring thing of, of being being that person. I've been kind of afraid to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 oh, I could see you. Yeah, yeah I mean, I bought, both of you would have a different reaction to it um, for obvious reasons than I did. But, you know, on whatever level of it that you're at, like, you know, just being uh, me personally, just right now about to be a dad again, I just kind of like, not that I ever forget the importance of my role in my child's life, but just listening to perspective and these, you know, kind of, anecdotes and just you know these people's experiences and it's just like the way you know everybody does it differently it's just the importance is universal though and um it's just i thought it was great i mean i really really liked it a lot um i would say i loved it actually i thought it was great and um Mm. watching like you know ron bryce dallas interview her father and like the archival footage of her interviewing her grandfather um, Rance Howard, uh, Ron's dad is just like, I, just, I, I love those people in general. And I just, it was really sweet to see them kind of come full circle with a, a conversation with one another. I thought that stuff was really good too. Yeah. But that's a good doc. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It really surprised me, like, kind of how emotional it got me. Um, really listening to these, like, real people stories too. Like, you know, celebrities are one thing, but like listening to these men talk about their experiences becoming fathers and, you know, the, the ups and downs of it, like, it was just, I don't know. It was, it's a nice, it's a nice, sweet little film, and I, I'd recommend that. That's on Apple, <clears throat> Apple TV Plus too. I thought it was really well done. Cool. Did you see Witches? No, I have not watched that yet. Um, we watched it. Um, and Witches is one of Aaron's favorite movies of all time. Um, this, this one this you one just watched? Short. No, no, no. The <laughs> night. No, come on, Steve. Come on. No. Oh, man. Absolutely. Man, this was this was an unnecessary remake. They like set it in late 60s South. And and uh, you know, it it had so you know what was it was easier to believe the magic than to believe that these black people could move around the way that they did in this movie <laughs> in 1968 in the South. Wow. Nobody said anything offensive. They're just like, oh, go right on ahead, man. Like, come, are you serious? It just, I think that kind people exist everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. It's just 1968. I, and the performance, Angelica Houston is like incredible in Witches. Like, she's doing some like, I don't know, man. Like, I would compare it to, in terms of just how loose and wild she is, like, Al Pacino and Scarface. Like she's she's doing it all. She's like acting nuts in that movie. And Anne Hathaway is going for it, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel quite as wild and loose. Yeah. It's also a lot more mean-spirited. This one feels a lot more mean-spirited than the first one. Um so much CGI for no reason. Just but, like, but isn't that just... isn't that what's happening with like Robert Zemeckis? Like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, what does this what? mean about Rob? What does this tell us? Like, because I'm not. Is it lazy? I can't figure out what it is. I don't know if it's lazy, but I mean, it's like he he's kind of his track record's been not good recently, and yeah, it's like this did not look good so... to me, and yeah, another th- example of it kind of going to a streaming service and. 
for good reason. Yeah, it's just it seemed like a miss from the jump. It's it, it, this is like an insult to both directors to say that when I was watching this trailer, I was convinced I was watching a trailer for a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I you it know it feels like one of those it, recent it Tim does. Burton movies that's kind of like a little CGI and kind of soulless. And then I kept trying to kind of squint my brain and see how this is, this is like. This is a Zemeckis movie because I think of him, I mean, at his best, he's a guy who told cool stories and pushed the technology forward while he was doing it. But at some point, the balance got off with his movies and he's either making these kind of soulless exercises in in technology or he's making what seemed to me like kind of like boring dramas, you know, like there's there doesn't I don't know. Where are you, Zemeckis? What, What are you up to these days? But, yeah, I was surprised to see his name. Uh, on this on this thing and i was also sort of like when i was watching the trailer i was like oh cool this is going to be like a more faithful version maybe the more in the spirit of roald Dahl's book or something i just was looking for something and the trailer felt to me like really anonymous yeah like kid movie stuff you know as opposed to something that really could be i mean if you're going to remake that the only the only reason would be to sort of um yeah i don't know make something that's going to compete with the original, but, uh, you know, Henry, who has seen the, the other movie many times, um, when he saw the trailer for this new one, it was one of those times where he was like, Oh, okay. I mean, he might be aging out of it a little bit, but he also beyond that was like, all right, yeah, that doesn't look as good as the, the version that we have already. So did you see the screen, the screen break, the screenplay credits on this one? Mm-mm. No. Zemeckis, Kenya Barris and Guillermo del Toro are the screenwriters oh, of this wow. movie. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> That's a strange combination of people. <laughs> what? Oh man. What a Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I got I, we're going to check it out this weekend, I think. But. Yeah, check it's it's worth checking out cuz it does have some good parts to it, man. And it you know it does something at the end that the original didn't do that I liked. And you'll 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 I wonder how you'll feel about it. And that it. might be straight from the book for all I know. I know that uh okay. I know that a lot of people, you know, feel like that Royal Doll tone is kind of hard to to nail so maybe there's some maybe there's some way that this movie hews closer to that source material for people or something right have you watched the show primal i actually just want to yeah i started watching that last night oddly yeah i i don't know much about it but i'm only like one episode in it um that's I'm a that's fan random man yeah. i'm a super well i asked because it's animated and weird like i feel like those those unique sort of things kind of circulate because I I I'd read a couple articles about it, and I wondered if if uh, you had seen it. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Show, yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good. No talking, which is cool. I I like shows that are kind of minimal in that way. It does a good job of doing a lot without saying a lot. Um, Showtime has a documentary show series on right now called The Comedy Store, which pretty much kind of highlights its start with Mitzi Shore and um, all the comics that came through. Um, One thing that I didn't really know was the impact of JJ on Good Times, uh, Jimmy Walker. Apparently, like, at, at the time, he was like Eddie Murphy because, like, he was he was really, really popular and really, really funny in clubs. And it just kind of kept rewarding itself. And once he got a show, it he you know, it kind of kept it was a gift that kept on giving. Yeah. Like it, he would pack shows because of that. And it kind of so that was interesting. I thought that was pretty good. Um I watched uh No Next No uh my uh No Next No, my next guest needs no introduction. Oh yeah. David Letterman. Yeah. I watched all of those yesterday i love interviews so and letterman has grown on me as a person i don't i I never really i didn't like him growing up i always thought that jay leno was the better host but as i've gotten older i realized what letterman was doing and i like him i don't don't know it's worth checking out and and the good part about it is like he has this sternness to him that the gravitas yeah. yeah that probably he he could get answers out of people that normally would just kind of gloss over it. You know where somebody's like, that makes me uncomfortable. You can kind of see where it's uncomfortable. Dave's like, all right, I, I, I understand that, but like you're here, we, we're, we're sharing us, we're sharing things. So tell me about this thing. Right. And then eventually he gets these really interesting answers out of people. So I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was solid. 
Um, but yeah, what else? What what have, is that it? What else have you guys been watching? That's it, man. I mean, I think I talked about all the movies. I saw Feel Good Man. That's a doc I saw about Pepe the Frog and basically how he was. How was that? It's great. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, so good. I want to see that. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's the bulk of what I've watched. I mean, just been powering through <laughs> a ton of movies that I've been waiting to watch forever, and I just kind of got a, a window to do it. So that's really cool. Did you hear about that documentary Time on Amazon? Yeah, Prime? yeah, I have that in my queue. I want to watch that. I loved it, man. Yeah, I've heard it's I great. I love that documentary. It's really good, man. It ha- it's gonna win something. It's 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 really wow. Pretty a pretty compelling story. It just feels like. I've never seen somebody capture that much footage of themselves over 20 years. Just home footage of this woman. You know, her husband got arrested for robbing a bank and he did 20 years. And she she recorded her life before they got married into, you know, when he went to jail and until he got released. So it's, it's, it's a cool documentary, man. I'm excited to watch Borat this weekend, the second one. I can't Same. wait to watch that. So hopefully we can chat about that a little bit on an upcoming episode in some way. Uh, yeah, it almost feels like that's a good double feature maybe with uh, Totally Under Control. You can watch <laughs> Totally Under Control to get your blood hot. And maybe Borat will be like the topical movie that sure. is at least, you know, a pressure release. Sure. Because um, <laughs> that's made some news with what might be in it uh, that is fascinating to me. I'm I'm really interested. I'm interested that he could get anybody in this day and age, you know. But it sounds like there's some like double blind disguises, and he's got this daughter that he's bringing along with him in this one that <laughs> yeah. is that's supposedly the main method of fooling people this time. Because whereas people recognize Sasha Baron Cohen, they don't recognize her. So right, right. Um, no, it's yeah. I I kind of. I can't wait. I, 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 I can't wait just to see. Yeah, it just there's the potential that I'm gonna at least get a few belly laughs out of that thing. So I'm I'm excited. Did you see his Jimmy Kimmel interview? Mm-mm. Oh, it is strange. It goes off the rails, man. I haven't seen that. It gets real weird. I believe it though. I believe it though. Well, I think that's it. I think we'll wrap it up at that. We've got a debate to go watch. We should try that. We should go to two minute responses and then like we get muted after two minutes. We should just try that for there an we episode. Go. We'll reconvene next week and chat it up. Maybe something something spooky for Halloween, hopefully. Um, yes. Movieshmovie.com, Facebook.com slash movieshmovie. <clears throat> movieshmovie at gmail.com is our email address. If you subscribe to the podcast and any of these uh, podcast feeds on your favorite podcast platform uh, please leave a review or a rating if you can if it's available please do that or comment on the Facebook post or share it even on Facebook we'd appreciate it um, if you guys are good I'm gonna wrap it up anything else you want to throw in there Ronald John vote vote there you vote. go that's what vote. I want to say vote <laughs> please and that with that said we'll we'll see you guys next week and as always you've made our day thanks bye